This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Love, love, love today. Today is Communion Sunday. Anybody ready for communion? And we're going to have a good time. And at the end of the service, uh, we're going to receive communion together. And uh, we have communion cups for you in the seat pocket in front of you if you're on the front row. Our ushers will come up at the end of the service and hand you your own little uh, cup and wafer. It's all in one package. So it's been a great, great day. Um, I'm thankful that it's sunny out. Anybody thankful for the sun? All right, good, good. And so here's what we've done is um, I'm, I'm given permission in every service. Uh, we have people who have been praying for rain uh, for the last year or two, you know, because we've been in a drought. And so I'm officially saying, stop praying for the rain. We, are, we got what we want. Thank you so much. You can officially uh, pause for just a couple more months, and then maybe we can pray for some later. But I'm excited about this time of year, spring. I'm excited about summer. And uh, this is a great time for us just to, to do community together. We got some big things happening. And then, of course, in the middle of summer, toward the end of summer, we'll be getting into our new building in Jesus' name. Anybody excited about that? Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a, a lot of fun the next several months. Um, we're going to be uh, turning our attention to Exodus chapter 12, and we're going to read the actual story of the Passover. Today's message is called Passover. I want to kind of unpack this, and if you're a, a guest here today or maybe um, uh, new to faith or even an, an unbeliever, I want to say this. I'd love you to come back next Sunday and be with us. Today, I'm going to kind of unpack something and kind of talk to the church, kind of share the heart of Passover and communion with the church. This is kind of for us, and it doesn't mean you can't be here. It just means that um, we would love for you to come back uh, to a kind of more of a traditional uh, setting. But this message is going to be uh, us speaking into the body because I believe that communion, the Passover, is about the body, and it's about what Jesus did and how it brings us together. So we're going to unpack that together. There is um, this passage that I'm going to be reading is going to be modified a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best because it, it's kind of a rated like PG-13. I'm going to do my best to bring it down to PG because it, it's kind of graphic about kind of what happens to the lamb. And what I realize, I'm, I'm not from uh, California. Anybody here a transplant, you're not from California? You, anybody, when you came here, you're like kind of culture shock on a couple things? Like what people will pay for uh, a, ha- a small house, right? And, um, and uh, like how much gasoline costs. And a lot of you don't even know. You're like, Is gasoline cheaper other places? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot cheaper. And, uh, and I remember my, my wife and I, we just gotten married. And my wife periodically likes to go to the mall. Thank the Lord for uh, the, the Lord helping us. And anyways, but uh, we go to the mall. And I'm not a shopper, so I usually do the, like the sitting and the people watching, Right. And so I'm new to California, and a lady walks up with a little stroller, and I'm like, cool, there's a little baby, I bet. And so, I, you know, I'm not even thinking, how could it be different, right? There's going to be a baby in there. And I, I turn to look in, and there's a dog. I'm like, what is happening? That wasn't enough. Like, literally, like, two minutes later, around the corner, a lady was coming, she, and, and she had a leash. And she's pulling something, I'm assuming it's a puppy or a dog, and finally she gets it around the corner, and it's a little toddler on a leash. And so in California, we've got babies on leashes, and we've got dogs in strollers. Welcome to the West Coast. Yeah, so that was, 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be, I, I get it, this is an animal, we're, we're going to talk about this, uh, this, this event here in Exodus chapter 12 and 2. And it says this, it says, from now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Essentially what that means is like, what's about to happen is going to change your life, it's even going to change the date of your life, like, like everything starts now. And I want to tell somebody, when you come in contact with the Lamb of God, when you come in contact with Jesus, everything starts at that point. All things are passed away and everything becomes new. Can I get a, a witness from anybody in the house? Amen. And, so, and then it says this, Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, the month of Nisan, that's what it would be referring to, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or goat, with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of this first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter, kind of a heavy word there, slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. Now this is what is happening. This is the Passover. This is like God saying, hey, I'm going to show you grace. My judgment's going to pass over if you have taken this lamb Put its blood on the doorpost and mantle. Receive this lamb. Eat this lamb at night. When I, that angel passes over, judgment will pass over if the lamb and the blood is in and on the house. This is why we celebrate what we celebrate, is that we have received what we call amazing grace. Like the judgment that should have been on us passed over us because of a lamb. And not just a cute little cuddly lamb, we're talking about the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, there's some things that should have been on us that have passed over us. Are you thankful for that? Amen. There's some things that should have stuck with you and been on you and some things that, uh, some judgment that should have, been, should, should have been expedited, but the Lord's grace because of Jesus is on our lives. And so when we look at this story, yes, it's an Old Testament, but we just have the belief that the Old Testament matters. Like we don't just discard the Old Testament. I know there's some people who do discard the Old Testament and they're like, yeah, we don't need all that. But what's cool is this, is when you get into the Old Testament, it just amplifies more Jesus. It doesn't take away from Jesus it amplifies more of Jesus when we look at the tabernacle we see Jesus we look at the priesthood we see Jesus amen when we see the rock that followed them in the wilderness we see Jesus when we see the uh the Mount Sinai we see Pentecost we see Jesus we see the law we see our hearts we see all these things it only it only um amplifies what we know in Christ through the Old Testament so this is one of those things so when we study the Passover we study where this all began it reinforces our experience with Christ. And here's our belief here at the Promise Center, that salvation is not something that we receive intellectually. It's not something that's cerebral. It's an experience that we have. 
It's an experience that we have with the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Amen? So it's more than just a thing that happens that we just put mental assent to, but literally, we want, the Lord wants us to have a, a relationship with Him, a relationship with the Lamb, a relationship with Jesus, and that's what we exist for. We want people far from God to be united with Jesus and have a relationship with Him. And in that, in this moment, everything changes. In that experience, everything is birthed from that in fact in exodus chapter 6 and 6 there's a scripture and it's on the back of your worship guide you can follow along it says this these are four promises that god makes to moses and this is what the lamb is going to allow to happen to the children of israel and these promises still exist for you and i today he says this exodus 6 and 6 this is before passover Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So this is salvation. In fact, this is the text that at the, 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 the Seder uh, cup and Passover that they do, they still do it today, they drink four cups of wine and they rehearse these four I wills. I will, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with many my acts of judgment, and I will take you as my own people, the four I wills. These are the four promises that were for the Hebrews and are now for us as believers, okay? And so the four cups, the first cup is the cup of salvation, then the cup of freedom, then the cup of redemption, and then the cup of fulfillment. We fulfill our purposes. This is how it works. This is what he's saying. He's saying first, God believes, that everyone should be saved, that everyone has an opportunity to receive this salvation. But saved people don't stop there. The Bible teaches us that saved people should be free people. Well, what's the difference? I thought we were out of Egypt. Yeah, you got out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't get out of you. And there's a difference. So, so we believe that you can, you can be saved, but now we gotta step into the freedom that God has designed for your life. And then not just being saved and finding freedom, but we believe that we, we ought to discover who we are and how we are and what God has made us for because you're not just like some abstract, uh, you know, something that just came about by, by coincidence. And No, there's a providence over your life. You, the Bible says that we are his masterpiece and by the, the destiny that God has, he's designed us. He's designed you based on your purpose in this world. So you go, I don't like the way that I am. You are the way that you are because God made you that way. You're experienced your certain bend, your predisposition, the certain things about you, your, the, the pain that you've gone through, all of that has a purpose behind it so you can bring glory to Jesus through your gift, through your personality, through your passions. And then number four, he wants to make us a people. He wants you not just to discover who you are, but he wants to get you connected to, to the right part of the body. So you discover, I'm a hand, awesome, but, but the can's not much unless it's connected to the arm. He said, I'm gonna make you a people, there's fulfillment. And so it's more than just getting saved. It's more than just finding freedom. It's discovering purpose and making a difference. And that's why we exist. We exist first to help people know God. That's what we do on Sundays. We preach the gospel. We want people that are close to God to get closer. We want people that are far from God to get to know him. That's number one. Number two, we believe finding freedom happens in the body of Christ. 
that God designed it that way, that you may be a part of me finding freedom. Did you know that? Maybe there's an area of your life that you have found freedom in Jesus, and he wants you to share that through small groups. That's what we do in small groups is we share our passion and our experiences. She so said, hey, I, we, we were, my, my wife and I, we were having issues, and so we leaned into God. We got some curriculum. We learned. We grew. We went to a conference, and now we want to do a small group and help other people find freedom in their marriage or in parenting or in finance or whatever it is that's what groups are about finding freedom God's God's wanting you to find freedom in all these areas and then number three we have growth track which is what allows us to find out like how we're made our shape and every Sunday at 10 o'clock you can jump in anytime step one step two step three step four we don't care just jump in 10 o'clock we want you to discover your shape, your make, how God has made you. And we think it's we think it's necessary, we think it's important. And when you discover your your why, you discover your way. Why am I here? Most people don't know that. 87% of Christians don't know why they exist and why they're on this planet. We believe it's more than just paying the PG E bill. Hello. Right? Was anybody's up last month? Hallelujah. Uh, um, it's more than just wishing for rain, okay? It's more than just going to work and coming home and just trying to keep your head above water. You have a purpose in God. Amen. Amen. So we want, we want you to find that. We want to unearth that with you. And then that may be a process of discovering some things about yourself and then you're growing, you're learning and you get the car moving because you can't turn a parked car so we start moving the car. We find, serve over here on the dream team and over here and then leadership and all this stuff starts coming out. You go, man, and we got people that are going on missions this summer. We got people serving in high capacities, not just in the local church but in the community and now regionally. We got some amazing things happening because they took the first step and said, I want to discover why I am me. You are not one in a million. You're a one of a kind and you are important to God. Can I get a good amen? amen? All right. But none of this can happen without this lamb. The lamb is like plugging this, all this good news into the wall and putting electricity into it. Without the shed blood, without the lamb, none of this happens. None of what God has promised can happen without this experience. So here's, here's where we are. Today's Palm Sunday. So this will be the day that Jesus came in on the donkey into Jerusalem. He does something he hasn't done in a long time. In fact, he rarely did it all. He spent very little time in Jerusalem, very little time. He goes to Jerusalem, and he's there pretty much all week. He does stay um, at the bed and breakfast in Bethany, but he comes back during the day, and he's showing himself. And what ends up happening is we discover uh, why this is, is because this is the time of inspection, from the 10th day to the 14th day, the, the lamb would be in the house but not be slaughtered till the 14th day of Nisan. So Jesus is now in Jerusalem, and he's being inspected. He's being tested by Pharisees. He's, he's going to be betrayed. He's going to go through a time of purging and prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane. And ultimately, when he's betrayed, he's going to go through four different uh, judges. He's going to stand before the Sanhedrin. He's going to stand before Pilate, then Herod, and then Pilate. He's going to stand, and everybody's going to be like, I don't find any fault. I don't find any fault. I don't find any fault because there was no sin in him. So he was that perfect lamb. But yet he was inspected. He was watched. He was inspected. Those, just like in the Passover, keep that lamb. Make sure it's perfect because that, when that day comes, you want to make sure that lamb is spotless and it doesn't have blemish. And this is what Jesus did. He goes into Jerusalem. And on Monday, uh, the, the, that first day, he comes in. And you, you guys remember this story, right? When Jesus becomes the Hulk. He's like, you remember that? He turns over tables, 
And you're like the Jesus who's like, he's, he's like got kids on his lap and sweet and soft. And, and he turns into like the Hulk, like in just a moment. It's so cool. Like, I'm like, yeah, the Avengers are here. And they, he steps in, he sees this, and, and, and he's like, what is happening in the, the, the house of God? My house should be a house of prayer. That word prayer actually simply means community. It should be a, a, a place to commune with God, all right? And so Jesus walks in, he starts flipping tables, and people are like, he's flipping out. No, he's flipping tables. He's upset, and here's why. Here's what was happening. People were bringing their lambs to the temple, and the priest and the sub-priest, they were all looking at the lamb, and they go, mm, no, that's not good. That's not gonna work. They're like, this is the best I got. This is, this is my lamb. This is good, good shape here. No, 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 no. Uh, you need something better. That's not going to work. Well, I can't go home. It's like six days, seven day journey. Oh, no, no, don't worry. We, we're, we're selling lambs over here. These are really nice. In fact, these are the Cadillac of lambs. Like you want, you want the good stuff. And, and like a lamb, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks. They were selling for like $800 is the equivalent of what they were overcharging. Okay. They, they were using religion to get their way. They were, they were twisting people's arms and manipulating the system. And Jesus walks into this and he says, this is not what it was about. It was about a body that was broken. It was about blood that was shed, an innocent life that would bring people together, not divide them. This is not what it's about. And so we see the Passover. We see his passion. And all week long, it's the passion of Christ. It's the passion week. It's the holy week. And as you go through this week, I hope you remember every day. I hope you remember, like, it cost him something. This was real. This was not just some kind of fairy tale and some religion and some, you know, book that, you know, some scroll that came down from heaven. This is an event that really took place. A man who gave his life, who didn't have to do it, who shed his blood, who didn't have to do it. Very few die for a friend. He had no obligation, but he did it while we were yet sinners. He died for us. And so what is the Passover? Exodus, on the back of your notes, you can find this. The Passover, Exodus 12 and 26. And when your children ask, what does this ceremony mean to you? You tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshiped. This is what he said. He said, this is something you're going to do to commemorate an event that took place. But remember, it was also amplifying an event that would happen. Luke chapter 22 and 15. He said unto them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds, it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God has come. He took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So Jesus is taking this experience and he's bringing it into a new experience, a new covenant, something new. And he says, Here's what I want you to do, guys. We're going to do communion together. Now, a lot of people, communion is simply this. Communion is like coming in and just taking a swig and eating the, the cracker and then just leaving, and that's it. Communion is much, much more than that. Communion is something bigger and better than that. It was Jesus' way of getting us around the table together and doing life together. Jesus said, here's my body, here's my life. I'm gonna break it and I'm gonna share it with you. 
The purpose of communion is not so you can take a little wafer and get a little juice and barely be able to swallow it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, that just wasn't enough grape juice, right? The purpose of communion is like, hey guys, I know you're not perfect. Simon, Peter, you're a denier. Judas, you're gonna betray me in a little while. Uh, you're a tax collector. You, Doubting Thomas, you just still don't believe. But we're gonna lean into this moment and we're gonna experience something together because this kingdom that I'm setting up is not something you can do in isolation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna set this up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Passover and I'm gonna bring it into Christianity so you can keep coming together and doing life together and serving together because many people, man, they're just living the facade. Church is about checking in, checking out. It's, 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 it, can be, it can be pretense. It can be, well, I was there and yeah, but not doing communion the way we were designed to do communion. Communion, again, is not the wafer and it's not this and taking a little bit of, uh, of, of the grape juice and a little wafer and eating it really quickly and all is well. It's about coming into connection and life together. They were at a table doing dinner together. It was a real dinner. They were there for several hours. They knew one another. They were interacting with one another. That's Jesus' passion, that his church would be one, that his people would be one, that his people would continue to keep coming together and that this blood and this body would keep forcing us and keep moving us in this direction and not that direction, that we could do life together so we could honor him and make a difference in the world. You know, a lot of us, honestly, and I mean this, honestly, a lot of us, we, 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 can do, we can do church in pretense. I, I, had, I had dinner, uh, lunch with a guy about two and a half weeks ago. And I didn't know him from Adam. To, uh, somebody connected me with him and, they, and he wanted to have lunch with me. So I said, cool, I'll do it. I'd never met him before. Didn't know who he was. Sat down with him. We're eating. And as we're eating, talking, he smiles. And there's a big piece of lettuce in his tooth right here. And I was like... And I was trying to do everything I could to give him the signs, you know, like the. <laughs> How's it going? Huh? But I didn't know him well enough. I didn't know him. So like, like, like 15 minutes went by. And like he's talking and all, I can, all I'm hearing is lettuce, 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 lettuce. I'm just like, give me courage. I don't know the guy. So I'm like. Okay, Lord, I need, I need courage to do this because I don't know this guy well, like, right? Like, like if it was Heidi, like we're, I'm sitting across from Heidi, Heidi would be like, you got, you got kale in your teeth. Come on, get, me, get that out right there. I'm like, you know, but I don't know this person, right? And so finally I was like, hey, I want to I tell you something. And he was like, yeah? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, the soup is good. I couldn't do it. I couldn't tell him. I know, it was terrible. And I felt so bad, and he left, and I was like, someone else will have to tell him. But here's the bottom line is, is like, a lot of us, like, because we, because we don't do life together, because we don't know each other, because we're not truly in communion the way that God has called us to be in communion, like, we can't step up for each other. You're just a face. You know, thank God for... Christianese, right? Hey, brother. Hey, sister. Do you know my name? I had someone the other day. Do you know my name? I was like, their na- I, I did know their name. I was like, 
yeah, it's, 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 I'm not going to say it, but they're, uh, they're like, oh, you know my name? And I was like, yeah. I was like, thank the Lord I remember their name, because sometimes I forget too. <laughs> but like, it's easy to like, in a big place, forget that we were created to do life in groups and with people, and like with people who are going through the same stuff as us, and living life and going through the same struggles. Hey, we're about to go through something we've never been through before. Jesus is like, hey, guys, this is going to go down. I want us to come together because I want you to know what's about. The next 48 hours are going to be really crazy for you guys and really bad for me. And they're like, you know, they're not, they're not getting it. And, and, and slowly he's, he's breaking in. And, but that's what we're called to do. Communion is about the thing that connects us is the lamb. The lamb brings us together. It makes us one. Different backgrounds and ethnicities and colors of, color of skin and pigments, heights and shapes. Someone said, Pastor, you need to get in shape. I said, round is a shape. <laughs> Stop it now, okay? But different shapes and sizes, right? We come together with this common denominator. Coming back again, this is Jesus' passion. Gotta have Passover gotta have come on come back together don't get out of the body you can't do this alone you weren't designed to do this. there's healing in the body there's there's grace in the body there's there's power and position in the body there's an anointing that's that resides in the church and you got to stay connected to the community of faith amen there are some qualifications here it says this and you can write this down number one the lamb was perfect it had to be perfect heavy perfect heavy perfect 1 Peter 1 and 19. 1 Peter 1 and 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Here's why this is important. Something that's unclean can't clean something else that's unclean. Right? So if you're dirty, you got mud all over you, and then somebody else is dirty, and they got a white suit, but they've got mud on them, and you go over and you try to help them, you're just going to put more mud on people, right? It takes something, something clean to, to clean something that's unclean. My, my kids, Jude and Emma, they're on the front row right there. I have three kids. And my oldest is Joshua. He's 13 now. He wears cologne, a lot of it, too much of it, okay? He's 13 going on 17. And then I got these other two, uh, Emma, who's my little princess, and Jude, who now wants me to call him Junior Henry Jr. because he likes Indiana Jones because he was able to ride the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. So he's now Henry Jr., all right? <laughs> but, but they often get dirty. Like, they, like these are the two that are in the mud. They're in the, they're, they got worms, and they're just, you know, they're like in the mud. It's dirty. And so Emma's like a little mother, and Jude's all dirty, and Emma's like got dirty hands. She's like, let me fix that. And she's like, dirt is just getting more dirt. And right, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the only one who can cleanse us is the one who is clean himself. The only, the only one who can pull us out of the pit is the one who's not in the pit himself. You know, we're looking around at other people when, when really the lamb, the, this Christ, is the one who can get us out of our mess. Second, the lamb was sacrificed. Sacrificed. Isaiah 53 and 3 and, and you, we read this earlier about the slaughter. He was, this lamb was to be slaughtered. He was despised, rejected of mankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Wow. 
See, Jesus didn't just like die a little death. Like, oh, he died for the world. No, 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 no. He was slaughtered. Well, he, he got lethal injection. You know, it was a quick, easy, simple death. God didn't send them, right, in 2017 to get lethal injection. Right? He was sent in a time where an empire called Rome had discovered and learned how to torture people mentally, physically, and emotionally to put the fear in every person, everybody. And so Jesus first stands before the Sanhedrin and he, and he stands before the priests and Caiaphas and they get so mad because they can't find anything on him. So they, the Bible says they bite their lip, they grit their teeth and they just start beating, they just start punching him. Then they send him to Pilate. Pilate's like, I don't know what to do with him. They're like, you got to do something. Fine. Get a, got a whip, the cat of nine tails. Now this is not like Indiana Jones's whip. This is like one that has like, like barbs at the end of it. And every time they whipped, it would pull a piece of flesh off. Filleted his back till the, where the bones were exposed. And the, and, and the spinal cord was exposed. Rome made, a, Rome, Rome made a rule that you can't do 40 because 40 is where people usually die. So they gave him 39 lashes to the point of death. Only to be taken to the Praetorium, which is the place like the locker room for the Roman soldiers. And there they spit on him and mocked him. And there they put a crown of thorns on his head, pushed it deep into his skull. Only to put a cross on his back, make him carry it uphill to Golgotha only there to lay him on that piece of wood and put nails in his hands and his wrist and in his feet to raise his body between heaven and earth and there this is how he died six hours not from the pain but from his breath being taken away because on the cross you can't breathe so you have to push you have to push yourself up off those nails to get a breath and how ironic is it that the creator who breathed life breathed breath into humanity now humanity is taking the breath out of the son of God six hours and every time he pushes himself up his back rubs against that wood slaughtered you won't even recognize him they hid their faces how barbaric how disgusting and yet he did it so we could be forgiven and we could be healed. And then the next point, you can write this down. The lamb was to be shared. He said, this lamb that was slaughtered, he said, here's one thing that God says. He says, I don't want you to have leftovers. I don't want you to have leftovers. A shame if you had more than enough and didn't share it with somebody else. He says, you make sure anybody who needs some, you, you, you invite them to come in. You, you bring them in and you say, hey, there's enough lamb to go around. That's why we keep adding services, not because we're crazy and not because I, I just enjoy coming up here and my feet killing me at the end of Sunday, All right? Pastor just likes to hear his own voice. No, 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 no. We do it because there's more lamb to go around. We're making more opportunities for people to hear the gospel and that's what we're doing on Easter Sunday. We're opening our doors. We made another service, five services. Why? So you can partner with us and so we can together share this lamb and share, share this hope with people, friends, and family. 
And so we're asking, we're asking three things. We're asking three things. Number one, we're asking for you to pray. Write that down. This is our opportunity. Let's pray together. This week, I want you to pray. I want you to pray that on Easter Sunday, that God would do a miraculous work. This is not about talking people in and somebody's will versus somebody's will. And we can be smart enough or somehow technical enough to be able to win them or da da da. This is something that goes beyond that. This is something that prayer does. Prayer doesn't change people's will, but it, it opens their eyes. Many people have rejected Christianity and the church but have not seen Jesus yet, have not come in contact with the Lamb yet. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, we're going to put it up on the screen. It says this, The God, little g, that's Satan, of this age, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We want those blinders to be removed. So we're praying this week. How many will partner in prayer and pray this week that, Lord, Open people's eyes. Let them see it for the first time. We've heard it, we've heard it, we've heard it, but they're going to see it for the first time. The second thing is invite. Everybody write that down on the back. We're going to invite somebody. As, as Jeremy said, eight out of ten people will say yes to an Easter invite. Why is that significant? It's just significant because in our culture today, it may not always be this way, there's a natural proclivity to go to church on Sundays, on, on Easter Sunday. And so... This is an opportunity for us to say, you know what? This is not going to be about us. This is going to be about Him. And this is going to be about those who are far from God finding Jesus. And we're going to come into partnership. That family member you've been praying for, that kid, that, that friend, that neighbor that you've been just, God's had, it's on my heart. This is the Sunday to bring them. What our team has put together, what, what, what God's put in our hearts for this next Sunday is, is going to be off the charts amazing probably won't be a dry eye in the in the room but it's going to be amazing and for those guys who are tough and don't like to cry you can just something in the eye yeah just something in the eye yeah invite invite and last but not least we want you to participate participate hey i want to say this if this is not your church that's fine you can come as long as you want but at some point you've got to you've got to make a declaration and find a church and say, this is my church and I'm planting my roots and I'm going to contribute. I'm going to come into communion with the body. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to go to growth. I'm going to, I'm going to meet people. I'm going to get on a team. I'm going to serve in a group or get in a group or whatever it is. But at some point, you've got to participate in what God's doing. Why? Because this is not something you watch from the silent. This is something, you, this is something we interact with. Here's the, here's the deal. I don't get to choose who Jesus puts at the table. That's really not my decision. Well, you got a tax collector, you got, you got this guy, you got that guy. No, no, no. Jesus decides who's at the table. Not me, not you. But what I do when I come together, you know what I do? I'm, I'm sharing my life. I'm sharing my life with whoever God puts at my table. Amen. You got to lean into that. That's the purpose. That's, let's participate. Everybody say, let's participate. Amen. So I want to invite you to stand. Our ushers are coming for the front row for those who need communion cup and wafer if you'll grab your communion cup and wafer first corinthians chapter five and seven first corinthians chapter five and seven on the top of this i want you to just to start by opening the first part the plastic that has the wafer we'll start there don't eat the wafer yet hold on one moment Christ, our Passover 
lamb has been sacrificed for us. I want you to notice something. It does not say, Christ, my Passover lamb, has been crucified or sacrificed for me. There's something that communion does that brings us into the hour and we and us. Yeah. The body. So here's what we're going to do. Before we take communion, we're going to close our eyes, we're going to bow our heads, and we're going to open our hearts. The Bible teaches us that we're to examine our hearts before we take communion. As we come together, as we lean in, it exposes our hearts and it reveals our hearts. And it's in community, the crucible of community, that that true change happens. That faith in Christianity is not going to some high mountain, being by yourself in isolation, and meditating and humming with the hummingbirds. It's leaning into community and trusting one another and serving one another and honoring one another and making the blood in his body the central focus of what joins us. So Lord, as we bow our heads and we open our hearts, we ask you to forgive us our sins. We stand in this company of believers, our family, and we say, search us, Holy Spirit. Search our heart. If there's any wickedness, if there's any evil, any evil thoughts, any evil deeds, any evil words or motives, forgive us. Create in us clean hearts, O oh God. Renew within us right spirits. In Jesus' name. I thank you for your mercy, and I thank you for your grace, and I, I thank you for giving us communion so we can pause in life and come back to the essentials of what this is all about. It's all about what you did 2,000 years ago that changed my identity. I am no longer defined by what has happened to me, but now by what has happened for me. Jesus died for me, a sinner. I thank you for your goodness, and I thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name. Let's take the bread. And he said this, take this bread. It is my body to... Remember my body, the brokenness of my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's receive the body, the bread. We'll open the cup. He says, take this cup. Where is my blood? Do this in remembrance of me. Let us receive the Lord's cup. Remember his blood that was shed.